0: Laser sights are an essential firearms training tool, clearly correcting and improving the two most important shooting fundamentals, aiming and trigger control. Crimson Trace, making laser sights standard equipment. Learn more at CrimsonTrace.com. Today on Tom Gresham's Gun Talk... It's an important reminder of what we learned 15 years ago. A forgotten scandal from the world of shooting sports. Some of history's most sought after collectible rifles and more. Call in now at Tom Talk Gun. That's 866-825-5486. Now here's Tom. Well, well, well. We gathered again to talk about guns and shooting and the shooting sports and self-protection and self-defense and taking care of yourself in every form that is possible. A lot of things going on, a lot of things we want to talk about. We have, uh, oh my gosh, things in the news. Obviously, we got politics. Oh, 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 by the way, oh, by the way, welcome to our bucket of deplorables, as we will now be known. Hillary Clinton said that half of Trump's supporters can be tossed into a basket uh, that she calls deplorables, you know, racist and homophobes, and she had a whole bunch of other isms and phobes and things like that. Okay. Saddle up if that's where you want to go. I'm sure that by now you have heard, by the way, if you haven't looked at the calendar, it's uh, September 11th. It's the 15th anniversary of the attacks on America on September 11th. New York, Washington, and Pennsylvania. I do get weary. I'm going to touch on one thing that just bugs the heck out of me. The day it happened, and afterwards, and even today, fifteen years later, th- this morning, I'm hearing the person who runs the uh, the nine eleven museum, and she's saying, "Well, you know, no one could have imagined. Yes, they could have. That's what we pay all these people to do. That's what defense people are supposed to do. That's what intelligence people are supposed to do. They're supposed to imagine. If you can't imagine it, you can't." come up with a plan no one could have imagined that that's just a defensive mechanism of you know we didn't do anything so there you go you've seen a lot of reports on this some years ago i had a friend of mine on the show talking about 9-11 and i've invited him back today on september 15th or the 15th anniversary of september 11 john tucci is a uh, a buddy of mine from the Flying partner world or uh, the pilot world. He's also uh, an avid shooter and a gun guy. Hey, John, how are you? Hey, Tom.
1: Uh, good to hear from you and uh, and the gun si- and the uh, gun talk family.
0: Well, I am glad uh, to hear you. I you know very much appreciate your friendship. Uh, you and your lovely wife have hosted us when we go to New York or we try to get together and we talk guns and sometimes we talk airplanes, which. And there's some kind of connection between pilots and shooting. I don't know what that's all about, but it sure seems to be.
1: We we enjoy our time with you and, and Pat, uh, Maureen, and I uh, love your visits, and we always look forward to you guys coming to the city and uh, and, and giving you the tour, so to speak.
0: Well, we appreciate that. You, um, what I thought I would do, if you're okay with this, and I realize that it's not an easy thing to go through, but I know there are lessons to be learned, and people need. Rather than kind of the whole magnitude of the attack and the loss of life, I want to put them on the scene with one person. Could you just talk us through your day? And I know you said when you left the house, you kind of had a thought of, gee, maybe I'd have, I don't know, grab a flashlight. Oh, yeah, let me explain to people who don't. I haven't even set this up, John. Uh, you were working for uh, New York Police Department, NYPD. You had worked for them for, I guess you were there, what? 30 years or something, uh, I, almost?
1: Yeah, I, reti- I retired in 2008, and I had uh, uh, 30 years of law enforcement at the time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I've been around the block, so to speak.
0: Yeah, okay. So you were plainclothes that day. You're not in uniform. Yeah. Take us through, through when you left the house and then kind of what happened when you got there and the whole drill, if you would.
1: Sure, Tom. Um, you know, as we discussed before in uh, an earlier segment of the show uh, sometime after 9-11, it was a beautiful day. Um, it's, um unlike the day I'm I'm uh we're having here today um and I was having breakfast with uh, several of my partners a borough away uh from Manhattan and Queens and uh, we're watching the TV um and all of a sudden we see um a news break and we see what appears to be a a small aircraft, possibly, as they were reporting at the time, a GA aircraft, General Aviation, um, mm-hmm. hitting the World Trade Center, the North Tower. Um, at this time, our, as things went on, and within a, just a few minutes, we, we decided to leave, and, and we jumped in our unmarked vehicles and sped into Manhattan. And at the time, it was probably... Um, As you know, and and, uh, folks know that the first aircraft hit the North Tower at approximately 8.46 that morning, and the second aircraft struck the tower at about 9.03. My partners and I were able to make it into the city within 15 to 20 minutes after the second plane struck, and and we were there pretty much for the duration. Um, Mm -hmm. There came a time... Uh, when um, uh, very shortly thereafter, I would say around 10.30, if I remember correctly, where we heard a, a horrendous rumble. And it almost sounded like um, a jet plane um, was uh, uh, screaming. I was standing right next to a jet plane. Uh, and as we looked up, and I was on West Street, and... Um, and liberty, and that's basically the, we're right next to the footprint of the uh, the South Tower. Um, I had been to the bombing in '93, and basically I was preparing for a unit who was coming, or, you, or other units that were responding, to set up a temporary mm-hmm. headquarters location um, at that scene, at that site, and uh, within those scant twenty minutes, thirty minutes, uh, the building started to collapse. Um, we started to run. And uh, we wound up by the the uh, financial center, and um, as uh, we approached the building, uh, South Tower collapsed behind us, leaving us trapped for a, a, a little bit. And uh, we had this discussion. I remember um, in, the, in the first time I spoke to your listeners, and uh, when I had left my truck, which I had parked on 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 Broadway and Day Street, and I had made my way around to West Street. I grabbed just a few items out I, I had my naturally i had my um, uh, some equipment with me, but i I, I took a flashlight um, with me which which proved to be invaluable and um, uh, so we responded to this site we 're trapped up against a, what is basically a glass wall with an entrance to the financial center, no more than thirty feet away, but we couldn 't see past. Past
0: our noses. Uh, okay, John. Um, and, let me let me jump in because I want people to understand. Do I understand you? But you guys basically got blown up against this glass wall yeah, You're to yeah, be pressed yeah, they, against they, this. Building window? building
1: collapsed right behind us, um, and and we were basically um, trapped there. And you know, you look back, Tom, and and uh, it's become a little easier over the years. But um, I'm at the bottom of a pile of about twenty. Uh, other police officers and emergency responders, first responders, and uh, uh, you know, with like, uh, I'm not going anywhere. You can't breathe. Uh, we all look like the Pillsbury Doughboy. This is afterwards because we're covered in soot, and mm-hmm. you know, you're taking your last breaths. And as I mentioned, and as uh, one person, uh, he's a lieutenant. He's a retired now, also Timothy McGinn. He uh, he was on the top of the pile. I, I would say and, he was fortunate, and this is where a firearm comes into into play. He was able to draw his service Glock, and fired several rounds into the, the plate glass, and the glass shattered right across. And we were able to uh, put ourselves, pick ourselves up, and put us into the uh, into the lobby of the uh, World Financial Center, which okay, at John. the time was not L- because L- the ceilings were collapsing. Right. Collapsing, we couldn't see. Again, I, as I stated, past our noses uh, with the, the debris and the soot, but um, uh, we were able to get in, and that that was our escape route. Um, and luckily, I had I had the flashlight, which I I, I always carry. Uh, my mm-hmm. daughter Jessica, who. Uh, uh, I'd like to give a shout out to because she was actually the first person that I was able to correspond with. And back then, uh, Nextel's were probably the only phones that worked for a very short period of time. And at, at one point when I was out and going towards the water, the East River, I was able to, to dial her up. And she gave me the courage and support to, to move forward that day. But, but uh, to me, begin save the day uh, by blasting out that that plate glass window. Because you, you uh, guys
0: were actually, you were actually being crushed. You were pushed up against the glass, and you had these tons of debris on top of you. You guys were all going to basically get crushed and die there.
1: Uh, pretty much. I mean, it, if, if we didn't get crushed, we, we weren't able to breathe. And, um, mm. and it's, it, it's been rough. I mean, I, I, I go back for World Trade Center testing, as, as uh, I'm sure many of those first responders and civilians um, that are in the program and um, uh, it's 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 just been I've been lucky uh, I have to say I, I have been lucky but um, yes if it wasn't for uh, the lieutenant uh, firing those rounds I, I don't know how much longer we would have lasted that day uh, just from the uh, uh, inhaling the, the, uh, the soot um, sure and- hey, hey John hold
0: on a second I got, I'm going to take a quick break I want to come back get some more of this story and also i want to ask john career law enforcement all of his life has he changed anything in the way he operates his day it goes about his daily activities as a result of this we're talking with my friend john tucci he was there when the buildings came down got blown really off his feet smacked against the plate glass window and only because one of the officers was able to get his glock out and shoot out the window were they able to fall into this building and then start making their way through in the flashlight. Uh, How many times have you heard me say, carry a flashlight? We'll be right back with more Gun Talk.
1: Two things intimidate most new shooters, noise and recoil. Well, at silencershop.com, we turn this into this. Adding a quality suppressor to your pistol or rifle doesn't just make your gun quiet. It reduces muzzle flip and recoil, making your gun easier to shoot and more accurate. The only thing you have to lose is all that noise.
0: How about the camo pants? Can I lose them, too?
1: Yeah, okay. Put a silencer on your gun and have some fun with SilencerShop.com. Making the world a
0: quieter place. You like free stuff, right? You like good deals, and you want more guns, ammo, and accessories. So, get all of that with the free, yes, the free smartphone app, Gundelio. With Gundelio on your phone, you'll get special offers and deals when you walk into a gun store. Plus, check it anytime for hundreds of deals and offers. Who wouldn't want that? Gundelio at the App Store and Google Play, Gundelio.com. The XDM 3.8 Compact from Springfield Armory is two guns in one. Use as your concealed carry gun with a Compact magazine and use the extended magazine for home defense. Carry 13 rounds of 9mm in the Compact magazine and a whopping 19 rounds in the extended magazine. To see the entire family of Springfield Armory XDM pistols, go to SpringfieldArmory.com. That's SpringfieldArmory.com. Are you looking for a place to shoot? The National Shooting Sports Foundation has a great website called wheretoshoot.org. It's the largest database of shooting ranges on the Internet. It's also a great resource for shooters where you can find video tips, printable targets, and a lot more. Find it online at wheretoshoot.org. And while you're there, download their free iPhone app. That's wheretoshoot.org. come back. We're talking with my friend John Tucci. Uh, three decades in law enforcement at the time of 9-11 and then some after that. Uh, he was there on the scene when the buildings came down. I mean, just literally knocked him into the building and if it had to have been John for that officer who could get his Glock out and shoot out the window, you guys all tumble into the bottom of the building. I'm not sure what would happen, but okay, now you're, you're in the bottom of this building and there's no electricity. You, there's dust everywhere. It's pitch black. But you have a flashlight, don't you?
1: Uh, yeah, it, it- it's crazy, but, yeah, I was the only one. And uh, with the, the uh, soot swirling around, um, it, it was very helpful to get us out to the uh, to the East River side of the building.
0: That is, it's phenomenal. How's your health now?
1: Um, I'm okay. I go to the, uh, you know, in addition to regular checkups, I go to the World Trade Center uh, testing, uh, which is done every year. Um, I think there are probably about I, I, I think I read last there's about seventy seven thousand people that 's first responders construction workers um, civilians uh, from the area that still mm-hmm. participate in the program uh, and it's it 's a great screening tool tom and it 's made available uh, through many uh, agencies and comp companies that 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 donate um, and, uh, and and of course the the government funds some of it. So um, it, it's been it's been uh, just a great resource.
0: I'm going to tell a story. Uh, a few years after 9 11, Pat and I, my wife, we come to New York. We're going to visit with you guys, and you came out to the airport and uh, picked us up. And it happened to be we got there on 9 11. I don't know if oh. you remember this. And That's we always talk guns, right? And That's we're walking we're walking to the car and I said so. So John, because you, you're a 1911 guy, and I said, what are you carrying? And he said, you know, it's interesting, because of the anniversary, I put on a, ca- a high-cap gun. I've got more ammo with me just because. It was interesting because I have gone through that same procedure and kind of thinking, okay, the threat probably is different now, and the threat, while you can't shoot down airliners with your pistol, the threat is actually now more something that you Humble. may be able to take care of with your pistol. Yeah. So yeah. how, how has it changed you? you? Now, I should also add, you work for a unit in NYPD that when I asked you about it, you said, well, I work for a unit that doesn't exist. Darned if you yeah. didn't, but you, you've you always been uh, involved in a lot of intelligence and all. So but without giving away any stuff, how has it changed how you operate? Uh,
1: that, that, what you said is very true. And, um, uh, you know, we, and we talked about this the last time. We always say at the end of every conversation, uh, it's not... Um, um. You know, it's when the next time. Yes, not if it's when. It's, yeah, it's not if it's it's when. And as we see now with San Bernardino with the homegrown uh, terrorism. I mean, years ago, young cop, even even older, I'd run out to the store. I run here or there. I don't go anywhere. I tell I tell our, our uh, gun talk. Family, uh, if you have that right and you have are you you're capable of, of legally carrying a firearm, um, do so. I mean, I I think, and I'm not um, I'm not a, a paranoid, and I don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist. But um, uh, just going to the mall nowadays, um, you know, one has to have uh, situational awareness. Um, you know, uh, that's 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 key. That's primary. One has to know their surroundings. I know it's hard. You're out with your family. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're, you're shopping, or you're, you're at an event. But you always have to have your uh, your exits. And I, I do it more post 9/11 than I ever did uh before in my life and and so do a lot of others um, uh whether they're law enforcement or or they're uh, uh you're a your civilian and you 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 carry you have to protect your your family um, because you know what you can dial 911 all day um, uh you know it's going to take the police time to get there you're already there and and it's been my mantra over the years um uh we need to take care of ourselves and especially in this post 911 it's it's not if it's when look at these the, the club shootings and whatever i tell the mm-hmm. kids uh, my kids are pretty much grown up as yours are but um young families tell their kids when their kids go to these clubs we shouldn't change our lifestyle tom because of what's right. happening in the world right. today but what we what we truly need to do is is instill in them that this is what, that they need to follow some rules. And the rules today are: when you go, find the exits. Know where the exits are. Don't know where one exit is. Know where the other exits are, and be able to get yourself from point A to point B, being that exit, um, as fast as you can and as safely mm-hmm. as you can.
0: You know, John, uh, when you're when you're on NYPD. People say you're on the job. That's always the, the, the phrase, you know, is he on the job? You know what? I think maybe all of us now are, we may not be law enforcement, but we're on the job because our job is to take care of each other and ourselves. Exactly. So true, Tom. Well, it's um, I it's changed the way I operate because I truly believe that, you know, we're we're in a different phase, whether it's you know, terrorism 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. It's these whether they're homegrown or whatever, it's the individual or two or three individuals going into a place. That's the bad news from an intelligence standpoint, trying to prevent it. But from the standpoint of actually stopping it during, it's actually the good news because one good person, man or woman who knows how to handle a firearm can slow it down or put a stop to it. And and when you think about it, John, that's, that's actually a good
1: thing it is and 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 with that the caveat is they need the training whether they're whether they're practicing yes. uh with like minded um, uh friends uh, if they can afford to attend uh, uh Specialized training um, and there are some police departments in this country that provide training to civilians uh, mm-hmm. they should They should uh, avail themselves of it um, and and that 's key too because you know you do have you, you are in this day and age you're going to have first responses getting onto the scene a lot quicker and, mm-hmm. and it 's not that you want to avoid them, but you don 't want to have that that uh, as we call in, in, you know on the job blue on blue. So uh, you have to you have to worry about those concerns also. But then the the, the main concern is to get you and or your family members out of a situation as quickly as possible. Yes. If in fact you can uh, stop that situation um, and uh, uh, you're a- you're able to do that, uh, that comes into play also. But training is the key. Uh, you know you can yep. you can have the firearm, you can carry the flashlight, but. Um, you've got to know how to utilize those tools. And, um, you know, even training professionals, uh, no one knows what's going to happen that day until the situation happens Um, and and whether you're able to move through it. But training helps, muscle memory helps, and and this is what people have to do in this day and age to survive.
0: Yep, no doubt. John, thank you. I I know it's not easy to go through that. I appreciate it. I know you, you do it because you want people to learn from it. My best to you and Maureen. Cannot wait till we get back up there and see you guys.
1: Thank you. Look forward to it. And again, thank you, Tom. I I truly appreciate uh, uh, our friendship. And uh, to the uh, Gun Talk listeners and Gun Talk family, um, uh, be safe.
0: Thanks so much, John Tucci. Absolutely. Um, Talk about guys. Was there? Yeah, right there. The building coming down, I mean... There's just no, no telling how many people he knew who did not survive that. All right, here's a question for you. Does the current terrorism threat, the war we are in, and make no mistake about it, it's a war. We're 25 to 30 years into it now. Has it made a difference in your everyday activity? Are you a little bit more aware? Are you a little bit more alert? Do you ramp up your situational awareness? Do you carry more you carry differently. 866-TALK-GUN 866-TALK-GUN Sign up for our Gun Talk newsletter and join the Truth Squad at www.guntalk.com Now back to Gun Talk with Washington Times opinion page regular contributor Tom Gresham. open lines for you now. If you'd like to join us, it's really, really easy. Just call us uh, 866-TALK-GUN or 1-TOM-TALK-GUN. Or if you just like numbers, 866-825-5486. But who can remember that? (laughs) Hey, I want to welcome a new station to the Gun Talk lineup. Let's see. K-E-L-E, 1360 AM in Mountain Grove, Missouri. I know some folks from Mountain Grove. Huh. I used to go through there on my way, um, driving from Louisiana up to Columbia, Missouri, when I was going to Mizzou back about a minute. That was uh, in horse-drawn carriage, if I remember right. It was a while ago. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're giving away stuff, too, by the way. Uh, FN's Pistol Power September giveaway. This is going to end on Friday, September 30th. You go to guntalk.com slash win, giving away uh, an FNS 40 pistol Uh, an FN neon light, and some other stuff. So you check it out. Go to guntalk.com slash win, W-I-N. Looking for your range reports, your thoughts. Uh, Our number is 866-TALK-GUN if you'd like to join us. Do you? Yeah, I know you do. Come on. You think about what would I do if there were one of these terrorist attacks where where I happen to be. You've thought about it, of course you have. What would be? you know, and here's the thing: this is a, a it's a question with no correct answer. What is? And the question is, of course, a phony one. What's the correct response in a situation like that? Well, running might be appropriate. Gathering your family and escaping might be appropriate. Confronting. Shooting back. Helping others. I don't know. I do know people who have changed. I guess there is a spectrum of preparedness. Some who completely are clueless. The ones who say no one could ever have imagined such an attack. Really? That's like saying, well, I I could never have imagined someone chaining the doors to a nightclub and setting fire to it. Really? You never would have thought of such a thing? You just haven't thought about how bad people are. How bad can people be? Never imagined that somebody would uh, go to a public facility and just start shooting people, just randomly for no reason. Really? You clearly need a better imagination. And toward that end, I've talked about this. I've talked about it a good bit here. The whole idea of having a good imagination, exercising your imagination, sitting in your big easy chair and doing all the what-ifs. In the sports psychologists tell us that if you – they call it pre-visualization. If you will visualize the ski run, if you'll visualize the ball game, if you'll visualize your three gun or your pistol competition and how you're going to shoot it before you get there, then when you get there in your brain, your experience of sitting and thinking about it and pre-visualizing it is exactly the same as having done it before. When you get there, it's, yes, I've done this before, even though you've never actually seen it. I know how to do this because I've been here before. That's the value of sitting there and going, okay, if I'm in a restaurant and somebody comes in and starts to rob the place and says, all right, everybody, you know, give me your wallet, give me your money, everybody on the floor, whatever, you will have played that scenario out. And you can play it out and do it 50 different times. What will I do? Well, one of the things you don't want to do is suddenly just jump up and start blazing away. You may want to wait until that person's attention is distracted and he's looking at someone else. You may want to try to get your gun out without causing or calling attention to yourself and having it underneath the table in your hand. Ah, yeah, about that. You may end up, if somebody's just robbing the cash register, do absolutely nothing and let them leave with the money. Nobody gets shot. Because let me, let me just tell you, it's not a good day if you have to shoot somebody. Even if it's completely legal and justifiable, it's not a good day. So if you can get away without shooting somebody, that's a good day, all right? What else? Huh, what will I Maybe I should have a conversation with my family of what we will do, because I may want to say to them, everybody stand up and follow me right now, because you have seen something. And to do that, you need a family code word. Maybe it's rutabaga. And you start off and just we're in the middle of the conversation, say, rutabaga, rutabaga. Everybody come with me right now. And everybody knows, stop. Just stand up and walk out. Don't say, why? What'd you see? What's going on? I haven't finished my meal. We haven't paid for the meal. None of that. When you hear the code word, everybody reacts and you got to practice it. You can do this with little kids and you do it in such a way to make it kind of a game. You don't want to scare them. But at the same time, you do want to have a plan because you want to be able to extricate yourself to get your family out of there. Just some things for you to think about. The other thing I would offer, and you heard John Tucci talk about this, the need to practice and get training. Well, you know, while there are some downsides to it in terms of a true tactical experience, competing in pistol shooting, IDPA or USPSA type shooting, you will learn to draw, to shoot, and to move. You will learn to put shots on target accurately and quickly. The rest of it is working on your mind. That's where the real tactical training comes in, how to recognize it and to gear yourself up so you react quickly enough should something happen. Oh, here's a quick follow-up, by the way. It was about three or four weeks ago. We had somebody call in who was uh, affected by the floods in Baton Rouge and he said he lost some ammo. I said, well, how, you know, it was underwater. He wanted to know if it's any good. I said, well, how much? He said, well, I don't know. Probably 10,000 rounds. Oh, yeah. So I wasn't sure. So I called the folks at the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and they are aligned with SAMI, the Sporting Arms and Ammunition Manufacturing Institute. They are the real the experts on ammunition. And I said, what's the recommendation? And they said, well, we don't know. No one's ever asked us. We'll go find out. Well, it took them about three weeks. They went back and worked with their lawyers, worked with their ballistic experts, worked with their manufacturers, and they came back and they have issued a paper on this recommendation. What to do with ammunition affected by floodwaters? I will spare you the first five paragraphs. I will go to the last paragraph. SAMI, S-A-A-M-I, provides the following cautionary conclusion, quote, it would be impossible to ascertain for certain the extent of the deteriorating effect, if any, the water may have had on each individual cartridge. And here's your payoff. Therefore, the safe answer is that no attempt be made to salvage or use submerged ammunition. The ammunition should be disposed of in a safe and responsible manner. Contact your local Law enforcement agency for disposal information in your area. So basically, if your water has gone, your ammunition has gone underwater, don't try to salvage it, don't shoot it, don't say, well, gee, what could possibly go wrong? Because there are any number of things that actually could go wrong. So basically, and it's terrible to think about this because if you've got 10,000 rounds there, you don't want to give it up. The bottom line is, just don't. 866-TALK-GUN. We'll be right back. A great trigger can make you a better shooter. For over 60 years, Timney Triggers have been trusted by hunters and shooters everywhere. Timney Triggers are proudly made in the USA and come with a lifetime warranty. Installation is easy. Give yourself the Timney Trigger advantage. To see more and order online, Go to timneytriggers.com. That's T-I-M-N-E-Y, triggers.com. For 36 years, the U.S. Sportsmen's Alliance has been fighting to protect hunting, fishing, and trapping for sportsmen from coast to coast. Today, we are under constant attack from extremist animal rights groups who want to end your ability to hunt in the U.S., Join us to protect our sporting heritage and our way of life outdoors. To join or for more information on how you can help, go to ussportsman.org. That's ussportsman.org.
1: Shooting your gun is more fun than cleaning your gun, right? Then you want Federal's newest high-tech ammo, American Eagle Syntech. With polymer
0: coated bullets to eliminate copper and lead fouling, clean burning powders, and the catalyst lead-free primer. SynTech range ammunition means you clean less, shoot more, and shoot better. No copper jacket also reduces splashback when shooting steel in 9mm, 40 and 45. Visit FederalPremium.com and ask your local retailer for SynTech ammo. If you're looking for a safe and trusted way to sell your firearms, look no further than Dury's Gunshot. I trusted them to sell my dad's collection. They built their business for over 50 years on honesty and customer service. Dury's Guns will buy any size collection or estate, none too big or too small. Selling your firearms to Dury's Guns is easy. Go with the pros. I trust Dury's Guns. Dury'sGuns.com. FN handguns bear the DNA of legends. Of John Browning, the father of modern firearms. Of the artisans and craftsmen who brought his genius to life. Of the brave souls who defended our freedom on the front lines for the last hundred years. And the brave souls who defend it on the home front today. FN handguns. The DNA of legends in the palm of your hand. Ask for FN. The
1: world's most battle-proven firearms.
0: We've been having some fun. <laughs> we always have fun. We get to go out and make television shows about guns and shooting. As a result, we also get to work with some really interesting people. And we kind of do some fun videos now and then. That Stuff that doesn't end up on TV. But we make it available to you online. And we just posted some more of those. We've done some stuff with the crazy guys over at Springfield Armory, Rob Latham and that goofy crew of shooters that he hangs out with. Uh, <laughs> they did some, something called the Mega Challenges. And one of them would come up with an idea, hey, okay, we're, we're going to put six guns on the table. And on the timer, you got to run up there. They're all unloaded. Pick them up, put in a magazine, shoot these many targets, Move to the next one, shoot, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, I mean, it's just goofy stuff. The stuff you do with your buddies, right? Except these happen to be world-class shooters. And just to make it fun, we said, oh yeah, heckling is not only allowed, it's required. So, we have now put up the the Mega Challenges videos. And you can see them on, if you have uh, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV, they're all there. You just add those channels. You can just search for Gun Talk, you can add the channels uh, in the way you would the channel. Uh, they're also on our uh, YouTube channel. Just lots of cool ways to watch those. Uh, probably, I haven't checked yet, I'm probably available to watch through Gundilio now that I think about it. Gundilio of course, is our, our smart smartphone app. We created this smartphone app, gosh, about a year ago now. It's really taken off. It's a way for you to save money, know about deals, all of the rest. Look, here's the deal. If you have Gundilio on your phone, When you installed it, it asked for two things, basically. Enable location services and enable notifications. And I know you're like me. You're thinking, no, I'm not going to tell people where I am, and I don't want to get all these notifications. This is different. The the location services, that way it knows when you go into a gun store, and it will trigger and send you deals. And the way you get the deals is you leave the notifications on. We're not going to bug you a lot of stuff. It's all going to be gun-related and how to save money and cool stuff that's going on. So, if you have Gundelio on your phone, and you should because it's free, be sure to go back in and uh, allow location services and notifications because that's where you're going to get the cool stuff. Now, we also just did something that's really interesting. We've put together some deals on our Shop Gun Talk website, ShopGunTalk.com, and we sell some good DVDs we put together, some great books and all. We have some special package deals with special prices, but... You cannot just go to the website on your computer. You have to go there through Gundelio. Yes, we do that because we want you to use Gundelio. Of course we do. I mean, what we, hey, we created this thing. We put a lot of time and effort and people on this. We've got full-time people that do nothing but scour the Internet and call manufacturers and find the deals and the special offers, and we put them all up there for you. So that's that's basically what Gundelio is really about. Okay, let's see. The Second Amendment Foundation has had some pretty good wins this week. We're talking about those. They also just sued the city of Seattle, uh, saying that Seattle violated a state public records law in not releasing revenue data regarding the the city's gun violence tax. Got to love it. A gun violence tax. Huh? The city estimated that it would be raking in $300,000 Three hundred thousand to five hundred thousand annually by taxing five dollars on every gun sold and two cents on every cartridge. Now the Second Amendment Foundation says, "Well, basically they call BS on that." <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you? Because we know it's idiotic. So in, in response to the request, because SAF said, "Hey, share us the numbers. This is public information. This is public records." So they said, "We want to see the numbers." So in response to the request, the city said it had, quote, no responsive records. What does that mean? No responsive records. See, a month later, the city said that uh, certain details regarding individual returns were not disclosable and that it had limited information since few taxpayers file quarterly. It goes on and on. It's the city basically saying, We put this tax in so we could drive all the gun stores out of our city. But we couldn't legally run gun stores out. We know that. So we just put a tax on it so that they would be non-competitive with stores outside. And they, in essence, did, in fact, run gun stores out. There's another huge, huge, huge win by SAF this week. Basically, what the courts have said is that, you know what? You don't lose your gun rights with a felony conviction if it's non-violent. This could be huge. Be right back. All right, back with you. Going straight to the phones line. Two Don's with us out of Oregon. Hello, Don. You're on Gun Talk. No, he's not, actually. (laughs) that happens. Oh, well. Uh, He was going to be talking about the submerged ammo. But, you know, I I mentioned this decision that came out this week out of the Third Circuit Court of Appeals. It was a a split, 8-7, in favor of the Second Amendment Foundation. Alan Gura argued the case. The case is basically this. Right now, the way the law reads is that You lose your Second Amendment rights for life if you are convicted of a crime that could have sent you to prison for more than a year. Not that it did. You could even have been uh, been on probation. Never go to jail. Never spend a day in jail, but you could still lose your rights because you could have gone to prison for more than a year. Well, couple of people challenged that they've led good lives they had misdemeanor convictions that could have sent them to jail for more than a year lost their gun rights and the court basically said no federal law is wrong on this the way this has been interpreted is wrong because this is a this is a real right second amendment is a real amendment said u.s uh, circuit judge thomas hardiman says, because their personal circumstances, talking about the uh, individuals who brought the suit, their circumstances are distinguishable from those of the class of persons historically excluded from Second Amendment protections due to their propensity for violence. In other words, these people weren't violent. Uh, Daniel Penderup, Benderup and Julio Suarez fall outside the proper scope of the Felon Disposition Statute. Hardiman said, "Only violent felons can be disposed of their right to keep and bear arms, and even they can potentially recover the rights under certain circumstances." Now, here's the thing: this was a uh, an eight to seven decision that gun rights wins, and I keep talking about how important this election is. Of the eight, I think seven were Republicans. Of the seven dissenters who said, no, we should strip them of their gun rights, six of them were Democrats. Hmm. Hillary Clinton has said time and time again, she will continue Barack Obama's aggressive program to stack the courts with uber-liberal gun rights-hating judges. She wants to replace Antonin Scalia, who by the way wrote the Heller decision, the monumental, you know, super decision that said individuals have a right to own guns, and she said we have to correct that. She says the Supreme Court got it wrong on the 2nd Amendment. And she would work on that. She said starting day 1, she would make that a daily priority to work on, what does she call it, the gun culture of America. What do they mean by the gun culture? What am I going to do about it? Well, they have this thing now, that they call it making someone the other. And she's working on trying to make Donald Trump the other. He's like, he's not like us. And they do the same thing with gun owners. They want us to become the other so that the public looks at us like, oh, those people. And the media does a pretty good job of carrying the water on that. That's what Hillary Clinton wants to do, has pledged to do, and she pledges that she will stack the federal courts with judges who will say, you do not have a right to own a gun. Now, there will still be the words in the Second Amendment, but if what they are interpreted to mean is that only the National Guard can have guns, you can still have the amendment there. We're not doing away with the amendment. We're not going to repeal it because they're gutless, but you really won't have any gun rights, will you? 866-TALK-GUN. I'm Tom Gresham. You're listening to Gun Talk. Don't go far.